0: Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. Uh, with me today is Sister Ingrid da Maria of the Daughters of Holy Mary of the Heart of Jesus. Welcome, Sister.
1: Thank you, Father. I'm happy to be here.
0: Great to have you. Great to have you. Uh, as Before we go any further, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we um, ask that you open our hearts um, in a special way to receive your um, gift of love and grace um, and your outpouring of your Holy Spirit this day. Um, Guide us, Lord, um, in your ways according to your will. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Sister, um, you and your um, fellow sisters are in town promoting this wonderful... um, event going on at St. Paul's that you guys do every month at Doymar, um, kind of youth, um, especially for young women, young girls um, at St. Paul's, the Apostles, St. Paul the Apostle uh, Parish. But sister, as we have you here, I, I wondered if you could share with us your story of how you came to know the Lord. So you told me um, you're from Columbia originally, and you ended up in South Florida at some point. Correct, uh, But maybe you could tell us how you came to know the Lord.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm, I'm from Colombia, like you said, and I'm one of four children. And as I grew up, the first time that the Lord, I felt, reached out to me and tried to win my heart was through a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that was in my grandmother's house. Every time we would go over, that picture seemed to call my attention And I spent time just mesmerized at the great love that was depicted. That was the first time that I felt a personal call to love the Lord in return. Then our family moved to the United States, and we came with great hopes and expectations of being rich and famous and and finding a better future that we were longing for. And it, It started off great, but soon enough, a lot of problems came along the way which can happen when a family doesn't speak a language and is vulnerable. My mom came by herself with the four of us. Mm. So we found a lot of difficulties. And during one of those difficulties, I really felt like I needed to reach out to the Lord and beg for His help. And it was during that moment of crisis that I felt the Lord's love for me in a personal way. And I felt like um, the reason for my life was that I would know Him and I would love him, and I would help others know who he was. So that was a great turning point in my life. And then, as time went on, I went to a public school and then to a Catholic school. And at the Catholic school, I I met religious sisters that were elderly, and at that time in Florida, there were no young congregations. So it seemed to me like religious life was something of the past centuries that was no longer relevant or needed in the church. And as I grew um, older, I went to college, and I met a lot of Protestants that were on fire for their faith, that wanted to save souls. And I didn't find any Catholics that were on fire for the Lord. So I was very much drawn toward them. And the Lord came running to my rescue when I was about to make a huge mistake of leaving the church through my younger brother. So um, my older brothers had left the church and my younger brother said to me, you know, you and I will never leave the church. And I just looked at him and, and listened. And he said, and do you know why? And I just listened. And he said, if there was only one reason, you know which one it would be? And I said, which one? And he said, the Eucharist. And at that point, the blindfold fell off my eyes. And I realized I was about to make a huge mistake because he was right. If there were only one, that is the reason to be Catholic. So I was very grateful that the Lord reached out to me and held, held on to me tightly so I wouldn't run astray. And then after that, the search began of finding Catholic people that were in love with the Lord and that wanted to save souls. And so I started to seek the Lord more intentionally. Up to this point, I was already graduate from college I had already gotten my master's degree, and the Lord had always taken such good care of me. He would always make my dreams come true, but I never stopped to ask him what his dreams were. So that was another major turning point when I realized, wait a minute, something's wrong with this relationship. <laughs> I never ask you what you want. I always tell you what I want, and I, you make it happen. So I decided I would go to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel every day after work and ask him, Lord, what do you want? and so i started to do that faithfully day after day after day and he wouldn't answer so i thought you know being that i had been a biology teacher in high school and i gave a lot of multiple choice tests that perhaps i should give the lord some choices to make it easier for him
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so i said lord I, i'll do anything uh, how about this i'll either uh, work at a catholic school in atlanta georgia or i'll be a missionary or I'll go to Franciscan University and get another master's degree. I'll just keep (laughs) on studying forever. (laughs) So I asked the Lord over and over again. I would tell him, whatever you want, just tell me which one, um, the Catholic school, the missionary, or Franciscan University. And so then I think the Lord just was moved with compassion. And one day I felt like I needed to call the school. And with a great sense of urgency, the Holy Spirit moved me to go home and call. So I did. I went home and I called. And, and that was a moment of a small miracle that changed my life. Because when I called, the lady that answered the phone in Atlanta said, um, she was shocked to hear my voice and what I said. Because I said, hi, I'm calling from Florida. my guidance counselor. Do you hire guidance counselors? And she was shocked because she had just come from her school chapel asking God to send her. A guidance counselor. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really impressive moment for her as well. And she said she was starting to get the chills, and I, I, I certainly was getting the chills too. So I, I knelt next to my bed and I looked at the picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that had accompanied me all through my, my years. And um, I said, Lord, how did you do it? I mean, this is perfect. How did you do it? And the timing is perfect. So she invited me to go up for an interview, and I went. And I loved the school. There was like, It was like the perfect Catholic school that anyone would dream for, about. So I accepted the job, and then they invited me to go to job training. And they said, it just happens to be in Rome, hmm. and we will pay for all the expenses. All you need to do is say yes. So I said, of course. I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to Rome, and the Lord had a great surprise for me there. Because when I got to the conference, I realized that it was rung by young ladies that were consecrated to God, lay young women consecrated to God. And I had never seen a young person consecrated to God. So it really opened up my horizons quite a bit. And, and I, I was moved by their witness. I was really moved by their witness of love for God. Because I consider myself somebody that loved the Lord a lot, but I had never even consider that option. It just didn't seem like it was needed in the church, like I said earlier. So then um, as I was telling that one of them this story, she said, wait a minute, you're asking God what he wanted? And I said, yes. And he said, and he's brought you here. And I said, yes. And then I realized perhaps the answer of the Lord wasn't just the school. It was a way of life to mm-hmm. be like them. So I... I excused myself, went over to the chapel, and I said to the Lord, we need to talk. Mm. (laughs) Let's review those three options. (laughs) And so we reviewed the options, and the Lord was silent. And I tried to bargain with him to get, you know, to call somebody that was younger, or, you know, I offered him many other alternatives that maybe were better from my point of view like getting married, having 12 children, six priests and six nuns, wouldn't that be better? <laughs> and so, But there there was no way to convince him. So he, I looked at him on the cross, and all of a sudden the words came to my mind, um, do you love me? And I said, of course, Lord, I love you. And, it, and then he asked again, um, do you love me? Of course, I love you. And so I said, do you love me? And and, I, and then I realized what he was asking. And he was asking, if you love me, you will do my will. And, and I thought of my mother right at that very moment, because my mom exemplifies love so perfectly, because she left everything behind in Colombia for our good. And I realized that that's what love is. So when the Lord was asking me if he loved me, if I loved him, was because he wanted me to leave everything behind for his good, to put into practice what I had learned from my mother. So I said, yes, I I will leave everything behind, but I have no strength, so you will have to do it because I feel incapable of doing what you want. So sure enough, the Lord gave me his grace, and I have... I, can take, I cannot take any credit from this point on because this is when I run out of human strength. <laughs> and this is when he begins to do everything. So then I did leave everything behind, and I did give him my life as a consecrated laywoman. And lo and behold, the Lord continued to direct me at my pace. And so he wasn't done. That was not the ultimate answer because obviously I'm wearing a habit, so <laughs> we haven't gotten to the end of the story so he put it in, in their heart, like the consecrated uh, lay, the lay movement that I joined, he put it in their heart to send me to Spain. Mm. And so that's, that was a huge jump <laughs> in faith. And so I obeyed and I went to Spain. And it was there that I began to live a life of a consecrated woman. And I realized that being a consecrated person was not a career choice, which is what I had thought when I was in high school, that it was a career choice that it was a relationship with the Lord and that it was a spousal relationship that was exclusive and permanent. And I I realized the beauty of it. And I fell even more in love with the Lord. And then as time went on, um, my spiritual director um, invited me to consider religious life.
0: Thank you so much, Sister. Um, You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today has been Sister Ingrid da Maria of the Daughters of Holy Mary of the Heart of Jesus. Uh, They're running um, a wonderful program for young women out of St. Paul the Apostle Church um, in Westerville. So just check St. Paul's website um, for more information. But until next time, peace and all good.